Welcome to Talk is Jericho's The Pod of Thunder and Rock and Roll. And let's go. It's the Duff McKagan joke of the week. Hey, Chris, Chris Jericho. It's Duff McKagan calling you. Uh, I lost a, a storm blew off 25% of my roof last night. Oof. <laughs> Thank you. Bye. Yeah, they can't all be winners. <laughs> we appreciate the effort, Duff. Oof is right. Uh, but just like a lot of you guys are starting to appreciate the efforts of Darby Allen on AEW and wait until you hear his story. He's got a skateboarding background, has his own board coming out. He wrote a screenplay, went to film school, explains all the cool AEW entrance videos that he has. He's got some wild stories about living in his car, living in the apartment above Jimmy Kimmel's crazy cousin, and the insane stuff he did in the ring. When he was still in the Indies. Now he's one of AEW's top stars, and he's here. Darby Allen's Talk as Jericho debut starts now. So, um, one of the coolest things about starting in AEW is meeting a lot of guys that I've never met before or seen a lot of, and a lot of talented people here, but one of them that's my favorite. One of my favorites is Darby Allen. And, uh, very unique guy, but also a uh, very, very uh, cool style. And um, what do you think about AEW so far? It's uh, almost too good to be true. Like, I don't know. It's sick as shit. <laughs> sick as shit. No, it's just like, as a, being as a creative person my whole life as I was, it's just like you're in charge of your own stuff. So it's like sick just to do whatever you want. In charge of your own kind of creativity, right? Yeah, yeah. So, like, the thing is, it's like, if I'm going to get over, I'm going to get over, like, being myself instead of, like, getting something, like, shitty handed to me and fail type thing. So, at least, like, I know what I'm, you know, I'm kind of in charge of my own destiny mm-hmm. in a way. So, that's what's awesome about it. Have you worked in a lot of different companies where that wasn't the case? Not really. Not too much. I used to work in, like, a company called Evolve which is like a sister company to WWE at the time. Yeah, they just bought them now or something, or they work yeah. together. It's yeah. like Gabe Sapolsky. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So, uh, so so, when you worked with Evolve, did you have any um, any dealings with the WWE or, at all? I had wrestled their guys, but it was always kind of like, felt like it was like a hand it to me to like, like, oh, like, they just, I guess they assumed everyone was, like, a super fan boy. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, like, you're going to wrestle this guy, so this will make you happy, you know? But, like, I'm not here to, like, I'm not a fanboy. Like, I'm not here to, like, wrestle people and, like, brag online. Like, oh, I got to wrestle this NXT superstar. Like, this is so cool. Like, I could give a shit. Like, right. You know, it's not cool when you have all these hospital bills and you're not, you're living in your car and stuff like that, so... Well, let's let's talk about that because um, I know that's something. Like I said, we've worked together, had a great match, and we've had some good conversations. But I don't really know the whole history of of, of Darby Allen. And you just mentioned something that I've heard. You did live in your car. Yeah, I was living in there for like a year and a half. So, wow. Okay, so where where was that? Like, what part of the country? Atlanta. So you'd already started wrestling. Yeah, I uh, started wrestling in Seattle, and then I moved to Florida. Uh, once I signed to Evolve, and then from there I moved to Atlanta because I don't feel like I was getting out of Florida what I wanted training-wise. So I just left and just went to all these different schools around the country and just lived in my car. So who did you go with when you first moved to Florida? That was with you actually signed a contract with Evolve? Yeah. And what does that entail? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Being a moron who sits in a van for 30 hours and doesn't get flights <laughs> that's pretty much what it was what it was and were you working once a week twice a week twice a month oh wow yeah so they have you move to florida to work twice a month yeah because like seattle's kind of like the black hole sure in wrestling and shit so you know nobody was going to come out you know no one was going to fly you out being a nobody because like i signed with evolve when i was like a year in wrestling mm-hmm. so you know i was just desperate to get out of seattle right so. right right so let's talk about okay. So when you live in your car, how do you uh, how, how do you do that? Where's the bathroom? Where's the kitchen? Where's the bedroom? <laughs> Funny story. Uh, it's, it's a little gross, but I live for the gross shit, so it's cool. Um, I was like parked at this apartment complex, and I had like the worst like diarrhea that night, and I crapped in a Pizza Hut box, cardboard box. Not, uh, 
not too easy to do. Yeah, no. So that's that answers the question where the bathroom was. Right. Exactly. But uh, besides that, I used to park in like parking garages and stuff like that, and uh, I have an Anytime Fitness membership, so I'd always cook my food at the Anytime Fitness with the George Foreman in the bathroom, and then. Uh, no kidding. Yeah, it was it was really cool. Um, I I, I kind of miss that lifestyle in a weird way because like now I have a house and it's like it's cool you know because I could build like skate ramps and have my privacy but uh, I miss the lifestyle of like getting up at like eight in the morning and being like there's no time to be lazy you kind of just have to get rushed out because like the moment that hot sun hits your face and the humidity in Atlanta like you have to go mm-hmm. you're not going to sit in your car and like watch like TV you know so I like constantly being like pushed like go 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 all day so so you'd cook your food in the anytime fitness bathroom on a george foreman would they ever anybody hassle you for that or no it was normally like one in the morning so like yeah i'd always cook at one in the morning and then most times people like come in like your occasional person that comes in at one in the morning and then they'll be like what the hell is that smell (laughs) and then like you know you just come out of the bathroom and it's just uh it was fun though you know because i really don't care what people think so you know but i find too like when you're doing like if you're if you are just acting like it's normal. No one really bugs you. Like, oh, he's cooking his food in there. Why wouldn't you be cooking? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, no. Because I'll tell you something funny we started doing over the last couple of Fozzie tours is we used to park in Walmart uh, parking lots. Like, if you get into town at, like, 4 a.m., you can't go to the venue till 12. And then we realized, why are we in the Walmart parking lot? No one's doing anything. So we started going Anytime Fitness, and we bought a band membership and that's where everybody showers. You get up, you go work out. It makes your day so much better, and you don't have to worry about trying to find a place to get a shower. Yeah. It, anytime fitness is the best. Yeah, no, it, it really is. It's, it definitely saved my whole thing just because, like, there'd be times, like, I'm, I heard on your podcast that you had with Conan when he told you the story about me going to Mexico and sneaking in. Well, tell you, I, I don't remember the exact details of it. Yeah, because, like, I drove... I was supposed to like fly there, but I left my passport, the booklet in Seattle, and uh, I only had the card, and that's only good for land travel. Mm-hmm. So I couldn't go from Atlanta. So I drove, me and my wife drove like 16 hours straight to Mexico. I just like called her. I'm like, yo, pick me up from the airport. I can't get on this flight. We're driving. She's like, what do you mean? Like, so we drove 16 hours straight there and couldn't get in the country because they said something with my car tabs were expired. And I was like, come on, man. I just drove 16 hours here. And then across the border, there was a Burger King in Mexico. And then from there, there was like a bus that would take you to like Monterey where the show was. So I told them like, yo, is it cool if she just takes me to this Burger King and comes right back and she'll just stay the night in Texas? So like, yeah. So when we get in there, I was like, we're not going back. So we just drove straight there. And then halfway through the, uh, I didn't know there was a security checkpoint halfway through the country. Damn. And then they like pulled, like they pulled me over and like, where's your paperwork, you know, in Spanish and stuff. And I was like, uh, I don't have any, but I'm here for a wrestling show, showing the poster. And then the cop looks around. He's like, pay me a hundred dollars and I'll let you go. So it's like, here you go, man. And then I, uh, drove there and came back. But right when we came back, we had a, right when we got back to America, we went to the anytime fitness and had like a big buffet in the yoga room because <laughs> we were starving. We didn't eat all day. So it was sick, but that's what I'm saying. Like yoga, anytime fitness saved my life. But dude, hold on a second. You just told about seven stories and one there. So <laughs> they let you, with no paperwork, they let you cross the border to go to Burger King? Yeah. Because you were hungry? But you told them you were going to stay and she was going to come back? Yeah, I said, she's going to I said she's gonna drop me off here so I can catch the bus to Monterey. And she'll come right back. Oh, because they didn't have a problem with you going into the country. They just didn't want you taking the car. Yeah. Oh. So that's why. That's <laughs> why. That's why. I was just like, I was like there's no way. Like, you know, the more... Um, I find like interesting stories like that like keep me um I have so much crazy weird stories but like I just love it keeps me like sane in sure. a way cuz I feel like if I get too like sitting on my ass and not doing anything I get like really like insane like into- But you know the funny thing is though and it's something that we've we've all been through this before because I remember the first couple times called that machine uh the first couple times I went to Mexico I didn't have a work visa and actually I was in Monterey to work and you would fly through Mexico City, and when you land in Mexico City, you probably know this, you get the little uh, button that you press. And if it's green, you go. Yeah. If it's red, you get stopped. And it's red very rarely, but if you get a red, you get searched. Like, everything. And that's, I was really lucky I never got a red. That's what happened to me uh, a few weeks ago when I went to Israel. 
Oh no shit. Yeah, they've ripped me apart and they tore like brought me into this room and they're like, yo man, like um tearing my bag apart and I had this uh there's this company called Northeast Wrestling and like I'm like their champion right now and on the belt it says Northeast Heavyweight Champion and then they're uh they say, What are you in this country for? You're only here for twenty hours because I literally flew there. Do the show and leave, right? Yeah. And like, I was like, I'm here for a wrestling show. And they're like, well, what weight class are you? I'm like, well, it's professional wrestling. It's kind of, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know if there is like really a weight class, I'd say. But if you had to say, I guess you'd say lightweight. And they're like, then why do you have a heavyweight championship? And I was like, oh, my God. Here we go. <laughs> and I was just like trapped. But then I, got, I, got, I finally got released. So I'm here now. But that's something that, like normal people or especially like, you know, uh, customs people don't understand. You're just coming in for one day. You flew all the way from the States to Israel for one day, and it's yeah. like, yeah. It's nothing to us, but to a normal person, like you, you must be doing something <laughs> illegal. Yeah, yeah, right? seriously. So, so when you went through the, the – we're going back talking about going to Monterey, because like I said, I lived in Monterey for months back in 92, 93. You had another check when they pulled you over. Do you speak Spanish? No. Oh, okay. So they're probably they, – I'm sure they probably didn't speak English. No. Is that like halfway through the... Yeah, like yeah. we got pulled over again. Yeah. No, they were just like... Because it was like one of those security checkpoints. Right. And I didn't even know... It was in the middle of like the... the nowhere. Desert. Yeah, like the desert. I was like, I was like, I didn't know this was going to happen. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my God. Like, So they they didn't speak any like really English. And I just kept saying like pointing to the poster and like, you know, you know, it was like a triple A poster. So like, I guess, you know, they all know what that is. Mm-hmm. So I was like, it's, it's me. I'm on. That's, I'm not here for bullshit. Like I'm here to wrestle. And then, uh, the guy just looked around like, cause the cameras were like filming. He really? like, looked around and he's just like $50. And I was like, all right. What did he say? $50? Yeah. He can speak that English. Yeah. He knows his money, man. <laughs> he knows his money. That's for sure. So doesn't that, that didn't freak you out at all to be in that position? Kind of, but I'm so used to living so random yeah like if you knew what i was doing before wrestling like you know it'd be like like oh it's just a walk in the park That's, uh, <laughs> you know i really like when people are like oh, i started wrestling when i was 21 uh-huh. and uh, a lot of people when they're like well don't you wish you started when you're 18 and i was like no man because from the years of 18 to 21 the amount of weird shit that happened in my life like it so much character building hmm. so i really like you know weird shit that like you know like personal stuff or weird shit that you were experiencing and just uh everything yeah, yeah everything just the crazy crazy stories you know i i uh like here's a one for example like jimmy kimmel's cousin mm-hmm. he lived beneath me in arizona when i was uh in the apartment complex when i was going to film school in arizona and uh he was like the black sheep of the family like he wasn't like he was addicted to drugs big time alcoholic and uh He'd be like, oh, yeah, like, Jimmy doesn't ever give me any money or anything like that. Like, can I do anything for, like, money? And I was like, I was broke as shit already myself. But uh, this guy was, like, down to do any, like, gnarly thing. So what he did was uh, he uh, he pissed and crapped in his toilet for a week straight and didn't flush it. And then he, I gave him $3 to put his head in the toilet and gurgle around the water. I got I to show you the video sometime. Oh, my gosh. It's crazy. But this guy, he was insane. And three he, bucks is three bucks. Yeah, he was insane. And then uh, I just, he'd like wear a robe. He was like naked all the time under the robe, but he would wear this robe and like let all the stray cats in Arizona like come into his uh, living room because he'd leave food out and then he like locked them all in there. So this guy had like 15 cats running around his house. And then one day he um, got pissed off at his neighbor, this like lady. And then they're like, the only thing in between them is like this wall. So he got pissed off at her. And he started like breaking. He took the vacuum, tried to break the wall, crawl through the hole, and like kill her or something. It was crazy. And then the cops came, and I'd never seen him since. But <laughs> no then, wonder that Kimmel didn't give him any money. <laughs> and then I just let the. And then I came in after he got taken off to jail, and I let all the cats out. You got taken off to jail? No, he, he did. Got ta- oh, okay. yeah, and I, I came. So you in. saved the cats. Yeah, I let, I let all the cats out. So you you mentioned a couple things there. So so you were going to film school? Yeah. To do like to to make films? Yeah. That like did you did you ever make any movies? I mean, you make a lot of movies. We'll talk about that. Your vignettes before the matches are incredible. Yeah, yeah. I've never made like a full length movie. I've just done shorts and I've made skate videos. But I'm actually making my first full length movie now that I have some money. Like in the around May, I already have the script written and everything like that. So, should be really interesting to show my type of art. 
See, it's interesting to me because I don't know if I've told you this before. If you've heard it, you, you, you remind me a lot of, of Jeff Hardy. In that, have you ever met Jeff before? No. So very uh, unique individual, super creative. Um, you know, builds his thing is dirt bike. I think we told you, dirt bike. Yeah. Uh, ramps or tracks. Yeah, I've seen him. Yeah, I've seen some videos and some jumps. Jumps he, and he yeah. makes the giant aluminumies. I told you, like big giants <laughs> made out of uh, uh, saran wrap, and yeah. his front lawn is all cut into different things. It's just everything he does is a very creative. Uh, from a creative standpoint, you have the same same vibe about you. Yeah, no, it's um, I don't know, like everything I do, like I want to transcend wrestling mm. if that makes sense like, i don't want to be just known as the wrestler I right want to be known well, as the I, film talking to the right guy for that yeah, yeah this the skater the filmer the you know whatever stuntman whatever it may i you know i really like entrepreneurs like you know rob dyrdek for example like mm-hmm. you know he's not just known as a skater he has the whole mtv thing and right. clothing and list goes well, on. tony hawk has kind of done that too yeah is he is he kind of the the guru in the skate world the guy the, the biggest name yeah definitely right. So tell us a little bit about that. So you, did you? How long have you been skating for? Uh, since I was like nine. Yeah, I've uh, I filmed a lot of things, and like skateboarding and stuff like that. And uh, it was my life for like a long, long time. But then like, I started wrestling when I was like twenty-one, and um, I like you know skateboarding definitely one hundred percent made me who I am. You know, like pain threshold and all that stuff. Like I can definitely like you know nothing's harder than like falling 20 feet on concrete you know so well that's the thing though those falls are very unforgiving it's worse than falling on a snow hill or in the ocean or whatever yeah so so when you started skating is it just a matter of picking up a skateboard and going to a park or just riding down your street like how do you how do you get into to, to skating uh i got into skating because i used to see it all the time and uh, on like television just like it seemed like a cool like you know like the lords of Dogtown and all that yeah, stuff yeah. it seems like an alternative like lifestyle that would be like you know like oh like you're kind of like the master of your own um destiny whatever the hell you want to say like mm-hmm. there's no teams with skateboarding right it's just you and i've i always kind of felt like a loner a lot of times just like you know not really the, the biggest people's person unless i'm around people that i feel like are productive or something mm-hmm. like that people you relate to yeah so you know there i could just get on the skateboard and do my own thing and there's you know do whatever you want so it was really uh therapeutic and like how i mean i guess it's hard to even like is it the half pipes and that sort of stuff and like so how do you is it just no fear and just going to give this a try yeah, like, like, that, like that's, what is, go ahead sorry that's a lot of it is mm-hmm. no fear you know i've uh a lot of it is absolutely no fear like I don't know if you've seen the clip of me dropping it on this like lightning bolt looking sculpture in front of the Space Needle in Seattle. I haven't seen it, no. Yeah, we filmed it for like Tony Hawk's. Uh, you know, we filmed this thing for Tony Hawk where I dropped it on this lightning bolt, uh, but it's like 20 feet off the ground. I can show you after this, but uh, I did it with two broken ankles. Yeah, I just taped up my ankles because I told him I'm going to do it on like August 30th. And I like, told him all summer, like, this is the date. So when the filmers were there and stuff like that, I was like, but by the time it happened, my ankles were both just gone. Mm-hmm. So and I was like, well, I can't back out now. So let me just tape them up and go for it. But like, it's just, it's like a no fear thing. I feel like that's, you know, same with my, my wrestling. I feel like my wrestling is a lot like my skating, mm-hmm. you know. Well, there's a connection there for sure. Yeah. When, when, when you said, you, is Tony like, uh, does he send uh, cameramen out to film different up and coming guys? Or were you actually talking directly to Tony Hawk? Uh. It was through his uh, YouTube thing. Okay. You know what I mean? I've uh, I've talked to him like maybe like twice or something like that. Like I just saw him at this video premiere a couple of months mm. ago. But um, besides that, like um, this is way back when I was like 18 and stuff mm. like that. And it's weird because I feel like I've gotten more out of the skate world now from wrestling than i ever did when i was like sure of course myself. how old are you now I'm 27 so that's the thing of course you're going to get more steam from it now because you have a different a different focus of people watching you that's what i'm saying it's it's crazy how it, how it works like that because i would kill myself on the skateboard back then like and then now all the companies are sending stuff to my house i'm like damn who are you guys when i was like but it's almost the same as wrestling, though, right? Like, yeah. you kill yourself when you first start out, and then when you get to the big leagues, you realize, like, 
oh my gosh, I don't have to do anything. It's all about the connection and about yeah. the promotion and the character and that sort of thing, right? That's, that's what I'm saying. It goes back to like me uh, wanting to go into all these different worlds. And I feel like it's easier now that I'm the mm-hmm. wrestler as opposed to this random kid who uh, is, you know, broke as shit living in his car, you know? Sure. So it's just like... Because I remember when we, the first week that we were doing something, that was, I think it was my suggestion, it might not have been, but for you to ride the skateboard down and attack me. And I remember at first, you uh, did you have a little bit of an aversion to it? No, it's, it's weird because like in, in the skate world, I feel like wrestling is kind of like, for the longest time, was like a joke. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, the pro wrestlers, like, because I feel like a lot of, maybe a lot of gimmicks back in the day involved skateboarding, but none of them actually skated. Mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah, you'd get the dynamic dudes and all these guys that would come to the ring with a skateboard. Yeah. But if they actually try to ride it, it would look they try to <laughs> yeah. ride it. Yeah. <laughs> so I feel like a lot of people like were rubbed the wrong like from the skate world were rubbed the wrong way for yeah. wrestling. Like, oh, you're just treating us like it's like a joke, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? But I was like, guys, like, I've skated my whole life, you know what I mean? So But that's why I thought it was cool. We've never seen that before. Yeah, and that's that's the thing is like I'm very like, you know, still wanting to like I got like a ramp at my house and mm-hmm. I still like, you know, skate. And like you know, I just want to show everybody that like I'm not using it for a cash grab or a gimmick. Like this is my life, and I credit skateboarding a lot to why I'm here today. Sure. You know what I mean? So I think there's a lot of uh, connections, even in your your style of wrestling too. Like you mentioned, your fearlessness of doing some of the things that you do that you probably got the, from the mindset of skateboarding, where I, yeah, you know, you're completely in charge. Even though it looks crazy to others, it's not crazy to you. Well, like the big thing about that is like I came from just like nothing so in my mind i i I felt like whether skating or wrestling like what's the worst gonna happen like i'm gonna like you know break all these bones like like i don't i really don't care because like i had nothing to lose Mm -hmm. in my mind i still feel like i have nothing to lose Mm -hmm. even though you know like i don't know every day i'm here at aew i in my mind it feels like it's the first week like i'm constantly whether it's not like proving people wrong but it's constantly like trying to like do my best like every time and it's like i'm there's no like comfort where like oh this is like you know let's just hang out like yeah yeah every week it's like let's just do the best do the best it's like first impression like every week it feels like, yeah so. well, that's the thing too you mentioned about skating being not being a gimmick but it's it's part of who you are and the best gimmicks are the real person's personality turned up to the tenth degree and that's kind of what what you have so the skating is now part of your presentation not gimmick but it connects the connection that you have with the audience has has tripled since you first were on tv since you got here yeah no doubt that's that's the biggest trip mm-hmm. it's just like uh for the longest time like on the independent scene like you i always felt like i want i was a storyteller wrestler and it's hard to have that on the indies because it's just like a uh, big blow-off match uh, i mean like it's just a bunch of dream matches there's no rhyme or reason mm-hmm. why we're having these matches they're just people want to see them right and i feel like for me like being that creative person whether it's film score or whatever i was like i want to tell stories i just want to tell stories that's all i want to do and i feel like a lot of people got to actually like see darby allen the character as opposed to darby allen the crazy man like on the indies so I feel, that's why i feel like it's just grown a lot mm-hmm. the fans where did it come with the the half paint Oh, because my uncle was drunk driving when I was five, and I was in the car with him, and he got in a car accident, and he uh, died. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, in that accident. When you were in the car with him? Yeah. Oh, wow. He ended up dying, so uh, a lot of me is, uh, I, it was hard to say that on the indies, you know, because, like, Mm -hmm. no one, I don't think anyone, you know, it's weird. It's just, like, here, they, I've been, that's all I've ever wanted is this platform, Mm -hmm. and I've told people, like, dude, just give me the platform, and I'll just, like, so I, um. felt like it was a good time to tell like the story and so i painted like half my face because that's why i got this tattoo on my chest like nothing's over to underground because like nothing's over until you're underground yeah because like you know whatever you want to do in life whatever it may be like you can make it happen like some people have their like big hollywood breaks when they're like 70 Mm -hmm. and but if they were like 25 like oh i'm too old it ain't gonna happen i'm gonna give up on it Mm -hmm. they would never know you know it's so unpredictable in life but i uh painted half my face because like 50% 50% of me is like dead inside in the sense of like trust for people. And maybe that's why I'm such a freaking loner at times. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just cause I just don't really, um, I don't know. It's, it's weird. I, uh, I like people, but I'm really quiet mm-hmm. standoffish at times. But, um, yeah, I don't but know. It's something though, like very, once again, unique and original. And when you have 
who's in that? Oh, when you work with Mox, I noticed there's people in the crowd now. A little kid, a yeah. girl. Yeah. Like every every demographic, quote unquote, can relate to that. Yeah. And it's just, you know, personal struggles in life, whatever it may be, you know. I feel like a lot of people obviously have that. And I feel like uh, when there's like wrestlers that are like more open about their problems, it's like, oh, I can relate as mm-hmm. opposed to building this facade that I'm like, yeah, you know, nothing. I'm life's awesome, mm-hmm. like you know, or superstars. Whenever someone comes up to me like, "Yo, I'm so excited to meet like an AEW superstar," I'm like, "Stop!" Like, I'm not. Right, don't, right. don't, don't say see super, yourself that way. Right. Don't say superstar. Like, you know what I mean? I'm just a guy who's just like took any opportunity God and made the most of it. So. But you do have to understand that now that you have made the most of it, and you are on AEW in front of a million and a half people a week or whatever it is including DVR, you know, ratings and all that stuff <laughs> yeah. that does put you in a different position where there's people like you that are going to, they're going to flock to you and go like Darby's my guy now. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, I definitely get it. But, um, uh, I just want people to know that like I'm humble and I'm, uh, you know, I don't know. Like I said, I want to be the same person leaving as I came in. Mm. Type thing, so. Which is really cool. Yeah. So what was it that attracted you to, to get into wrestling after skating for so long? It's just, um, uh, so when I was going to film school, I told myself, do I want to be behind the camera filming my whole, you know, <laughs> or do I want to be in front of the camera? And I felt like skating, uh, wrestling is like the best of both worlds in a weird way uh, with wrestling because skating, I would do all these crazy stunts and then there'd be like two people watching and I'd kill myself and they'd be like, oh, you okay, bro? With, <laughs> with wrestling, there's like a whole legion of people that are just like, yeah, like, it's like physical Broadway, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I love it. So I, I would say it's it's a modern day Shakespearean morality play. Yeah, there's like there's drama, there's live stunt shows, there's a connection with the audience, yeah. there's a story being told. And I've done everything in my life. I've done physical, and I was just like, this is like the best way to intertwine both worlds, like the fi- like you know the film school and then the skating. Like it's like there's nothing else like it, you know. So mm-hmm. it's nice. So how did you get in? I uh, just dropped out of film school and then uh, started train. I started training up in Seattle. I moved back to Seattle. Who'd you train with? A guy named Buddy Wayne. Oh yeah, Buddy Wayne. Yeah. Uh, I never trained with him, but he was in Winnipeg working constantly when I first started. You know. Um, yeah, he uh, talked about you a couple times. Actually, I did meet him a few times. I never actually worked with him though. Yeah. But he's a guy that like was pretty respected in that yeah. Pacific Northwest. Yeah, like I know he had a. I don't know if he was Brian Alvarez's trainer, but he was kind of like that. You know, Alvarez's so. boy, yeah. Yeah, he died now. Yeah, I yeah, heard that, he's, yeah, yeah, he's dead now. He used to uh, used to draw abs on himself. He, he didn't give a shit, right? So he drew <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. A, a dark, a, a black pen. With the yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I hit him up, and I uh, was just like, "Yo, man!" Like, I just dropped out of film school, and I want to do this wrestling thing. Came to his school, and at the time I was like 130 pounds, like super, like light, uh, skinny, just like because I was living off like five dollars a week in Arizona, you know, like it was just shopping at the Dollar Tree, and I just like looked total like shit. And I, you know, came to his school, and he didn't know what to expect. That you know, he's just like, dude, what is this guy? And then a week before I joined the school, I uh, I was dyeing my hair and I used to have it like long, uh, bleached, like blonde. And then I put the stuff in it and all my hair fell out <laughs> and then except the sides. So I looked like the top was completely bald and I, I super glued a bunch of toy cars on the top of my head. So it looked like a neighborhood cul-de-sac. <laughs> so I, I showed up, I showed up to practice. I couldn't get the cars off my head before I showed up to practice. So I showed up to practice with a beanie on. And then he's like, well, yeah, like take, uh, take off the beanie or whatnot, you know, or whatever. And then like, there's all these car toys on my head. And I was like, I can't, you know, that's my first day of practice. I can't train with like car toys on my head. Not sitting here and take like spike DDTs, but like, it was just like, I I did, uh, I just did the bumps and stuff like that. And he just didn't know what to expect. Did you see the cars glued on your head? Yeah, he saw them. Yeah. So you did that just to look like a (laughs) cul-de-sac? Yeah. Like neighborhood cul-de-sac. Cause I was like, my hair already fell out. So I might as well make a joke out of it, you know. But I, but I thought they were going to come off a lot easier. I did, I did it the night before. So here I am the whole night trying to scrape it off with a butter knife. Oh, oh, and it's not coming off. Like, I got to go practice tomorrow for the first time. First impressions and everything, whatever. This guy's like, this guy, is he going to take this serious? Like, is he on crack? Like, <laughs> right. oh, what is this? So, you know, it, you know, it worked out. And I, uh, you know. How did you like training? It was good. It, uh, it was good. Like, like I, I was only there for like, like I said, like about a year. 
mm-hmm. before I, I ended up moving. But even then, like I knew it's what I had to do. Like I already saw the writing on the wall with like the people there. Um, if you're going to stay there and get complacent and want to stay in your comfort zone, nothing's ever going to happen. Right. And you know, I still, I feel like that speaks volumes because the people I started training with are still yeah doing jack shit. Yeah. You know, and, uh, you know, that's, I just knew, and I'm like, I was never wanting to have a comfort zone in life. You know what I mean? So I'm down for whatever I got to go, I'll go, mm-hmm. you know, so. Well, especially like you said, when you're out in the Pacific Northwest, it's a long way away from anything else. Yeah. So, and it's hard to get people to fly you around, you know, if you're not in yeah. your company for sure. There's no way. Did you, um, when you, when you, who's your first match against? A guy named Chris Ross. Chris Ross in Seattle? Uh, it was in like Portland. Portland, yeah. Yeah, down in Portland. Did you ever go up to Vancouver or anything like that? Yeah, I've been down there. Michelle Starr? Not for him, no. Okay. No. Uh, ASW, I think he runs. Gotcha. Yeah, I don't, I've never been to his show. Did you know Aubrey? Aubrey Edwards? Yeah. She's from up there, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I've known her. Um, she she does a lot of the shows that I start, okay. kind of started with. And then so. did, you know, did you know Dr. Luther, too? Yeah, I've known him through... Uh, yeah, he he used to do a bunch of like random promotions down there. Shows up, and he there. had a he had a gym. Mm. He owned a gym down in Washington, mm-hmm. and a lot of people from my wrestling school went to his gym. So. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. So when was your first kind of break in wrestling, so to speak? Was that the Evolve deal, or? Yeah, I I'd say I'd say so in a way, but at the same time, it's so hard to tell because I always feel like the the break break happened like around like you know. PWG. I was no longer viewed as this stunt man. As long, you know, I was no longer viewed as this guy who would only get thrown, uh, flown to shows to kill himself. You know, I actually felt like it was um, starting to like, like break wise. It's like, okay, he's on this mm-hmm. platform. You know what I mean? He's, he's actually a benefit to the show now. Yeah, as opposed to just like, because like I was like, uh, you know, I, I hated getting flown to shows, and then the promoter would be like. Yeah, man, we want to get like views on our videos on Twitter. Can you kill yourself tonight? And Meaning like, what? Like, tell me some of the stuff that you would do. Shit, like lots of crazy stuff, like just body press into poles. Like, I broke my elbow a couple times. I, you know, like I this bump on my head. Yeah, this is like from just getting my head smashed against the concrete like three years ago. You know, that's that's there. That's a chronic. That's there forever. Yeah, I guess I'll get surgery, but like I haven't been in a hurry, <laughs> you know, whatever. So, right, right. yeah, I'd, it'd always just be like, just take these gnarly, gnarly bumps. I can show you some videos and mm. stuff like that. They're just, at the time, I was just like, because I was still learning because I left the Northwest so early right. that I, I felt like I knew how to wrestle, but I was still like learning on the fly. Mm-hmm. And to set myself apart, I was like, let's just, ah, you know, you got guys like you're competing against on the indies at this top level. And then I was like, shit, like, I think the only thing that was going to make me stand out is if I do this. Right. You know, and then why, that's why I moved out of Florida to Atlanta is because I wanted to wrestle, like train to like wrestle better and not rely on all this crazy stuff. Mm -hmm. So, you know, was there somebody that you, that you did train with that kind of helped you learn how to do things better? No, not really. It was just going to schools and like getting like reps in and like brainstorming, having a ring to yourself for like hours and, you know, just like. So I, I just bought a wrestling ring for my house. I'm going to put it in the basement and stuff like that. <laughs> and then my, uh, yeah, so I just constantly want to, like, it's going to be fun. I'm having all my uh, weirdo friends from Seattle come <laughs> live in the ring. Wait, is that where you, did you move back to Seattle now? No, I live in Atlanta right now. Atlanta. Right, yeah. Because right. so. your wife is Priscilla Kelly. Yeah. Is she from that area? Yeah, she's gotcha. lived there her whole life. So, I, you know, there's no reason to get her to move out away from all her uh, little brothers like nine or something right, right, or, right. Or 11 and you know she needs to be in his life as much as possible sure, of course. set him straight <laughs> so he doesn't end up on uh you know like the mom and dad that's getting real right yeah, um so. when you're talking about some of these things that you came up with one of the things that, that we did in our match that you know in 29 years of rest i'd never seen before was having your hands taped behind your back and you had suggested it, and I'd seen it in a match that you had with John Moxley, and it's like, how did you ever come up with that? That seems pretty insane. I uh, just, like I said, like long nights, like how can I set myself apart? And it's like, it's like weird because like I'm constantly like every day thinking of new ideas that hasn't been done before, and it's just like, and I always thought like maybe that 
would set myself because there's a million cruiser weights that can do like awesome awesome things right but i feel like with that like no one's ever done that before so i, I just figure like shit i you know be a good story you know especially if the guy is just like you know has my hands behind my back just kind of like shit talking me or something like that and like come on get out of it come on hit me now hit me now and that's like ah, oh, backflip whatever yeah so it was great yeah it was uh it was lots of fun and to do that on this like level mm-hmm. so i've always had that match in my back pocket but to do it on this level is like finally i'm right out of the gates too it was probably week three or four yeah it was yeah it was week three really early on yeah right? yeah yeah, yeah. It kind of really set because that's the something that we want to do here is make stars and you know you're already a star but that really puts you on a level where people go holy shit that's made you made you stand out yeah yeah no and that's that's what it's all about is like i gotta go like fast because i feel like people's attention spans yeah. you know you gotta go bah like right away that's why i was like wanting to like pitch that because like, mm-hmm. i knew like you know it's like my first like big impression on tv you know and i just want people yeah and it's funny too because at first i was like no way it doesn't make any sense and then i was like well wait a second it's actually really cool because no one's ever done that so that's why i think we would do like a street fighter ever because that really there's yeah. a reason for it to yeah me, in my head right yeah exactly but then another thing that you do with with your major matches is you make these really cool kind of intro videos are you creating them are you working with somebody are you filming them it's just me and my buddy max yoder he films for like thrasher magazine and stuff mm-hmm. like that um you know like he lives in Atlanta and we just, we film skating and we do like, then we start doing these videos and stuff like that. So it's just kind of my own little, uh, side project that I always do. And, um, cause like I said, it's like finally place that's, you don't have to jump through all, you don't have to jump through all a bunch of hoops to get your stuff cleared. So you best believe I'm going to take full advantage of that. Right. And like, uh, you know, especially if it's for like matches or like, I just wanted my films to be like, see the, like the light of day from people. And that's a good way. You know, so it was really cool. The, the one that you did with before our match, I can't remember what it was, but the one with Mox and the body bag was amazing. Yeah, that, 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 who was the, who was the band that you did that with? Ghost Mane. So they put you in a body bag on the stage. Yeah, <laughs> and just threw my ass off into in crowd surfing. And I, it was weird because I was more nervous for that than half of these matches I have, just because I knew that there was like one shot at doing it. Yeah. And if the fans didn't like get into it, they're going to just drop me and I'm going to be sitting in the, <laughs> on the ground in this body bag and just be like, just like, well, there goes that idea that I had with this mox match. Does a body bag have a zipper on the inside? It it does, oh. but where I was, I couldn't unzip myself. Sure. So I would have just been sitting there and people were like, you did, pick him up. Did you tell the fans like, "Here's what we're gonna do"? Uh, Eric, the lead singer, did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was. Uh, he told them. He's just like, "Yo, guys, we're gonna surf this motherfucker." <laughs> and then I was like, "Yeah," and then I was like, "Oh, it worked." Yeah, so it was. It was cool. I like. You know, it was cool. So, um, I'm all down for that. I got. I got all a bunch of stuff planned, like That's lined great. up that I have, like just for these upcoming. The one with Cody was weird with the face, his face on. Yeah, yeah. And then the the guy walking out. Yeah, I didn't see the live. Did the guy walk out? Yeah, he yeah. he did. Yeah, he didn't do the walk. He didn't, okay, he didn't do the weird walk. Yeah, he just walked out casually with the Cody mask on. Okay, gotcha. So, yeah, it was it was sick though. So you just produced these and make them yourselves, and then hand it over to to a the guys a and a w producer yeah. or whatever, and say air this. Yeah, yeah. So and then you know, that's pretty much all I do, and I, that's what a lot of people I feel like a lot of uh, certain like a lot of wrestlers are like. So, like, you know, did did AEW film that for you? And I'm like, no, you do it yourself. You right. know, like, that's I feel like a lot of people are starting to learn that, like, you can just yeah. do whatever, you know what I mean? Well, so. like, yeah, it, take the initiative yeah. to do it. And especially in our company, we, like you said, we welcome that. Yeah. You know, look how much it's made you stand out just from these ideas that you have. It's almost like now you have to do it every time. Yeah. You know, for so, big matches, at least. Yeah, and I'm all down for that. I love it, you know. Because like I said, like if I'm gonna be directing films and doing all this other stuff, I I love having all this like work to do and staying busy. And what's the budget for that? Free. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, the, uh, the place. Yeah, we're friends with the band Ghostman, and then the other place. Uh, it was filmed in at Bar Sinister down in Los Angeles. Oh, okay. And they just let me like have the whole building myself to film as long as I made an appearance that night, and they could advertise it. Oh, that you actually be on the show, sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's not. A, it's like a like a weird goth bar. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's like gimps and stuff there, <laughs> and then uh, yeah, there's just like oh, just make an appearance like in your booth and you know people. Okay, gotcha. so it can draw just people. Like there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, we did we did that and uh, it was it was fun. So like, it's fun filming all this stuff like for no money. Mm. So 
It's kind of how you can do things now, though, with iMovies and all that sort of stuff. It's not hard to do. Yeah. You know? Yeah, definitely. So. When you, uh, I see you have drug free on your hands, so you're, uh, is it straight edge the proper term? Yeah. Yeah. Is that, is that kind of a skate thing or is it a punk thing? Uh, it's just whatever you want, I yeah. guess. It's weird. It's weird because there's just like, I use it more from like the punk rock scene and stuff like that. And then, you know, I just, it's just years of, um, seeing close friends that had like promising careers, whether it's in like skateboarding or whatever, just like get hooked on like, you know, all these crazy drugs and now they're doing meth and i'm just like what the hell is going on mm. guys like this is so gnarly like you know it's just so i i kind of made a commitment to like myself that like if i fail in life i can't blame it on like drugs or alcohol i can't be like yo like i'm not here because of this you know mm-hmm. so you know it's cool. I have nothing against people who want to drink. Like I care less, but you know, because some some guys will still like you mentioned going out to the to the club and having your booth and all that sort of stuff. So you have no problems going out. No, to, yeah. no, yeah. Like a lot of people are like, oh, you know, do you get crazy? I'm like, I feel like I get too crazy. That's why. Like sometimes <laughs> like I hide out and stuff like that. Like you know, like all the stuff that people like know that when I do like completely sober, like it's it's funny. <laughs> yeah, I'm all down for some craziness. You know. How did you uh, end up getting uh, signed in AEW? Uh, talking to Cody. Yeah, Cody was the man who kind of like made it happen. Had he seen you at a show or something? Or? Yeah, I think he uh, saw this match I had at Northeast against Penta. Mm. And, you know, like, uh, it just, like at that rate, I feel like maybe he just thought I, before that, I think he just thought I was the stunt dummy guy, you know what I mean? Like, just do all these crazy stunts. But then I, he, like, saw that, I think he saw that match, and he's like, yo, this guy can actually, like, work, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And then uh, the ball was, like, the ball started rolling, you know? So it was very nice that I got to kind of, like, wrestle him my first debut in this company, you know? Right. So it's just, like, yeah. So it was good. I think it's cool that uh, another one of the kind of the really cool things that led to all of us being here is that Cody was on the independent scene for a while and saw you yeah, and Sammy Guevara and Joey and MJF and kind of amassed a little bit of a roster in his head, I think, before we even got started. Yeah, so that that was a that was the same thing for sure. Um, just getting out there and seeing everybody and like that because I feel like it's very profitable what's going on on the indies. They mm-hmm. just need it to kind of be brought out to a broader audience because mm-hmm. there's a lot of people that just won't watch wrestling unless it's on TV. I feel like. Oh, I agree. Yes, yeah, I agree. It's not official until you're on TV. I yeah. mean, for, for for a lot, it's not official until you're in the WWE. Now we're kind of changing that because our TV's so so strong as well. Yeah, that's that's a big thing. A problem that I have is just like you know, you go to like the airport and they're like, you know, they're like, oh, what do you you wrestler like WWE? Like, I want to like bust. I want to change that. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I really want to. I don't want like your career to feel like that's like the only because in my mind, this is where I wanted to be. Mm. Not always. I don't want to use this as a stepping stone to get anywhere else. Like, this is where I want to be. You're always looking for a platform just like this. Yeah. yeah. So, like, why, you know, that's why I want, like, to bust my ass and to make this, obviously, you know. Make this, it huge. Yeah. Did you ever have any uh, contact with WWE or yeah. tryouts or backstage? or? Yeah. That uh, Canyon, like, they were going to talk. They, they wanted to do something where I, like, I go to the performance center and uh, not for a tryout, but, like, just – uh, get signed and like go to the performance center for like a year and like debut in a, a year from now or some sh- maybe yeah crazy shit right and i was just like uh f- that <laughs> and i was just like the thing is it that's the beauty about aew is they're just going making people mm-hmm. instead of like you know like if i was there god it's crazy to think about and i've known a lot a lot of my friends that got the opportunity AEW or WWE they chose WWE because it's like I it's, I don't know if it's like oh you know I just want to say I was in WWE I'm like come on guys mm-hmm. like you can't that goes back to being the fanboy you mm-hmm. know what I mean like you want to be a hundred like the hundredth dude who never sees the light of day right or do you want to be on the forefront of what we have you know and a lot of people feel like you know they just want to go brag to their friends and family like, yo I'm WWE wrestling. well there is a lot of that absolutely yes yeah, so. my, my thing about it is is like you know, you mentioned you're 27. Uh, Jungle Boy's 23. Max MJF is 23. Like, there's a whole. I think you three guys are all young guys that will attract a young demographic for real. 
WWE, they'll take guys like you and put you in the system for two, three years before you come on the show. And by that time, you're almost 30. 20-year-old kids don't identify with 30-year-old guys. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's what I was, that's what I was like saying like the other day. I was just like, look at what I've done in the shit. We've been on TV since October. Yeah, 13 you know? weeks. This is 14 now. Yeah, like look at all I've done. Man, like, and then I'm not going to say names, but I see my friends who went to WWE. I'm like, look, you know. I'm not, They're still in the, yeah, in the NXT, right? In the, in the, in the bullshit like, of yeah. like being just like, and I knew I could tell my story the way I wanted it here, you know? yeah, and that's all I've ever wanted. You know, it's, I got a uh, a call from from Hulk Hogan after the match that we had, and he's like, he goes, "This is so amazing what you guys are doing because you have, you know, these guys that no one's ever heard of before, and they're in the main event, and, and people believe they can win." Yeah, in one week. Yeah, it's crazy. That's that's, but it's crazy to an extent, but that's also the concept of pro wrestling is get guys over. It's not hard to do. And it doesn't mean like he wins 15 weeks in a row. That doesn't mean shit. It's it, give you a chance to be you. That's, that's a big thing. The, like, cause like, I feel like there's like this, uh, weird thing where like on the Indies, it's like, you go to PWG, you, uh, get seen by Regal and then you have your, uh, like tryout and then you get signed. Right. But I always felt like they always kept saying like, Oh, give it time for me. Like, give it time, give it time, give it time. And I was like, I knew what I, ha I knew I had what it took to like have like, you know, reach like the audience or be a main of like play. Right. And then, uh, so that's, it's good like to prove it. We're like, dude, like I don't, I don't have to go through your like system to prove, you know, all this like crap, like, like, you know, so it's, it's a star like, is a star. Yeah. You can see that. Yeah. And like, like so. the, the fact that you and I worked in week three, it's not a coincidence. It's something that, that I noticed and the company noticed, like, let's do it with him. And there's a couple other guys too that fit in that category, and it's like, why why wait on it? Yeah, you know, there's no reason to. That's the thing is like we're just sitting there knowing you have more than what it takes than half the people that they have on. Mm -hmm. If that makes sense, mm -hmm. like you know, like I'm not gonna say like oh the the muscle head football player guys, but like I'm like I knew like I could connect to a big audience if I've just given the ball. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. So it's like, and I definitely prove that here how has it been for you like um you know you mentioned walking through the airport do you get recognized more now yeah mm -hmm. yeah like a lot of random places mm -hmm. you know and it, it's it's like nice because you know you know knowing that your like body works being you know noticed but you know i always have time to talk to everybody mm -hmm. yeah like i love uh i love just like talking to people you know about their like their lives and see mm. what's going on you know what i mean so. I like that too, and it's hard because people now want their selfie, yeah, and then just to move along. And if I said to somebody like, "You can't have a selfie, but I'll talk to you for ten minutes," most people would say, "No, I'd want the selfie." <laughs> yeah, it's and crazy. I'd be like, no, I'll take the ten minutes. Yeah, you know what I mean. I got to meet Keith Richards a few years ago at uh, Jimmy Fallon. We talked for about ten minutes. Best time, great guy, and then. Actually, Jimmy Fallon said, do you want to take a picture? And I was like, yeah, sure. I was not going to ask him for a picture. I didn't need one. I got 10 minutes with Keith Richards yeah. to just shoot the breeze like a couple dudes. Yeah, that's, that's that what means it's more, right? Definitely. Yeah. 100%. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I love just like, because I feel like people that, oh, can I get a picture? And then the moment they take the picture, they expect you to kind of just disappear. Right. And it's like, no, man, how's your life? Like, what's going on? Right. Like, you know, like. Is everything cool? Like, you know, and then they they get like, whoa, shit, like, he cares. or something. People appreciate that. Yeah, so it's nice. but That's cool. Um, just uh, as we start to wind down here, there's a couple more questions I want to ask you about when you said you lived in your car and you said you would cook food. What kind of food were you buying? What did you have? Uh, just like salmon and like uh, a lot of shit from the vitamin shop. Like from the what? Vitamin shop. Okay. Those like uh, those protein shakes and the protein bars, stuff like that. Just, like, stuff that I knew I could, like... Because I'd eat, like, all the normal stuff in the daytime. Like, the yogurts and stuff right. like that. But at night, I'd eat, like, when I'd make my full-course dinners. That's when I'd, you know, like, the salmon <laughs> and stuff like that. I'd always save that food for night when I knew I could just... So, did you have a cooler in your trunk that you keep your food in? No. Or just buy it and cook it? Yeah, sometimes the yogurt would be, like, sitting in the hot sun all day. And I'd be like, I'm dedicated. I gotta eat this. <laughs> But because uh, I was broke, like super broke back then, you know, so it was just like, you know, I don't know. I didn't really have a good system 
but it was uh yeah, worked out whatever. But I mean, it's it, like it's like I used to have all my stuff in my car because I just didn't. I, I didn't. I don't remember if I didn't trust the guys I was living with or whatever. But even that was kind of scary. Like having all your shit in the car. Did you ever get ripped off at all or anything like that? No. Thank thankfully. I, yeah, yeah. No, uh, no. But the thing is, like, if you, I used to, I, I, I wear my like wrestling clothes like almost twenty four seven as it is. Mm-hmm. Like those like the shorts and the, shorts the leggings, the legs over top. Yeah. Yeah, like I wear those all the time. So even, there's nothing. In my car, to even worse stealing, if that makes sense, right? Because like, like I had no clothes, I would literally wear the same thing like every day. Yeah. So like, I I didn't have any valuables in the car all day. Would steal because you didn't have any valuables. Period. Yeah. So <laughs> I kind of I liked it like that. It was cool. <laughs> yeah. So. Seemed like you don't need a lot of uh, possessions. Yeah. No. No. Not at all. Not at all. But you always look good though, like the the, the boots, the outfit. Do you paint your own uh, shirt or uh, jacket? Yeah, I always. Uh, you know, I don't know. I'm really into fashion. If mm-hmm. That makes sense. I, I like want to. I'm starting my own clothing company too. That's right, and also too, you're working on a skateboard as well. Yeah, we're so also making skateboards. Tell me about that. Yeah, it's a thing called Spinebuster, and because uh, it kind of transcends, just like Thrasher magazine, people who see it, it's not called Kickflip magazine or something like that. You know, it's Thrasher. Like, like, oh, that's interesting. So I feel like it's not. It's for skating, and it's also for like other culture and you're I, saying the name is a little bit more uh yeah all inclusive yeah like but like kick flip magazine <laughs> no but but spine buster is like cool because it's like i feel like it's like wrestling but for people that don't know anything about wrestling it still has that weird like yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. name to it like spine right that's hell. cool though so yeah so it's kind of like how thrasher like transcended so how do you make how do you start doing your own clothing line so i just get uh my friend named steven hernandez he uh he like he's like the main like sales guy for Baker skateboards and all that stuff like that. So he has all the production of making the skateboards and like the clothes and stuff. So that's how we're we're starting it. But we're uh, we're just like doing it short, like small by small, and uh, and we're also gonna release like my movie through that company too. What's your movie uh, about? It's about a guy. Um, He's terminally ill. Uh, he's got like two months to live, and then his best friend pretty much says like, "What do you want to do?" for the last two months of your life, like anything. And he's like, oh, I want to go on a ro- cross country road trip to kill my ex-wife. So he's <laughs> just like, he's just, you know, cause I feel like he, he got cheated on by her. And then he felt like his last like eight years since they got divorced is like living hell. So he's like, shit, I'm just going to go kill her. That's great. So That's it's good. It's like, it's like a dark comedy. Uh, yeah. and I got a lot of like weird twists and turns in it. And, uh, I got a lot of crazy shit planned for it. So it's a great idea. What's it called? Uh, <laughs> Uncle John's friend. <laughs> it doesn't. Yeah, it'll make sense when you see it. I love it though, man. I mean, what yeah. a great idea. Yeah. So, so how do you? So how do you go about? And you have to finance this all yourself. Yeah, and I, that's what I'm saying. Like now that I got some money rolling, and I can be like, yo, I can you know, finance it myself. I got a whole production crew like that makes professional films in Atlanta working for me and stuff like that. And they're gonna like they're like buddies, so they're gonna do it for like cheap. You know what I mean? Are you gonna star in it? Uh, I don't know yet. Mm. I want, I want, have you seen John Waters movies? Of course. I wanted it to be kind of like, not like Pink Flamingo. <laughs> Please don't. But, <laughs> no, but I wanted it to be like, uh, where it's like, there's like real, like real stuff happening, yeah, happening in the movie. In the movie, yeah. You know what I mean? So I got like a lot of ideas, like just like weird shit. Like when the scene, the guy gets pepper sprayed, he's really going to get pepper sprayed. And, Method. You know, yeah. Warren, so. Werner Herzog, what actually happens. Was it, was it Divine? Is Divine still around? <laughs> she, she's dead now. <laughs> She's dead now. Yeah. Pink Flamingo, the classic. Uh, if you guys haven't seen it, uh, check it out. It's got a great, uh, great scene in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's got. Yeah, that's a really great idea, though, man. I mean, I think that's really smart of you doing all these things because, like I said, it, it, I do the same in different ways. But wrestling is still kind of the cornerstone. Yeah. But if all I ever had to do was wrestling, I'd lose my f-ing mind. Yeah, that's how it is for me. Right. You know, what I mean, so like that's why I'm trying to get my hands in all these different pots mm-hmm. and just uh, see what goes on. You know. So. And what about for making a skateboard? Is it like having your own line of guitars where this is like Darby's had his own uh, specifications here and this yeah, kind of no, wheel? And- the thing is with the skateboard, they're all going to come out uh, coffin shaped. They're like, we already got the model done and stuff like that. We oh, got the artwork. Cool. We just got to go to production. So it's uh, they're really sick boards. Like definitely like 
just special coffin shaped boards. Just uh, that's cool. Yeah, see how how it sells and stuff. Like if that. you need someone to do a commercial for it, I can do it. I got skate, skateboard yeah. experience. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> yeah, we definitely got. You know, I want to. I want to. If you if you have time when you're in Atlanta, you should uh, come over to the house. Oh, I'd love try, to try to check out uh, the ramp and stuff. I'd like love that. to. It's funny because when you put the damn skateboard on the on the mats outside of the ring, it just goes like. <laughs> yeah, no. Like, yeah, you. Like, Where did fun. you get the name Darby? Uh, Darby Crash. I was gonna say Darby Crash and uh, Gigi Allen. Ah, combination. Yeah, it's funny because like they they both died of like drug overdoses. Yeah, right. But like I'm straight edge, so mm-hmm. it's just like plays and it's just like I was. But the reason I was so captivated by it is because of there's such polarizing personalities. Mm. Like I feel like people are gonna. It tr- like remember them even if they're not into punk rock mm-hmm. you know they're just like oh that Gigi Allen guy who shits on himself right. or Darby Crash who like slices himself open glass like you know it's like just- Darby, the, Darby the Germs yeah yeah that's a great I, I was I always thought of Darby Crash a couple times I even slipped and called you Darby Crash <laughs> yeah, by never- mistake yeah <laughs> have you ever seen Decline of the Western Civilization of course, part that- one I mean, it's so- Part two was my era. That's the metal. Yeah, yeah. So, which is amazing. Then I went back and watched part one with Darby. Yeah, part that there. Those documentaries are so awesome. Like, yeah, amazing. I don't know if you've ever seen Hate It, the Gigi Allen documentary. I haven't. Todd Phillips, who directed the yeah. Joker movie, he directed. No that was, shit. That was his first ever movie uh, before he dropped out of film school. Really? He filmed the documentary on Gigi, followed him around and all stuff. Yeah, it's really sick. And a lot of people think maybe the. Joker's like personalities are kind it's of based, based on Gigi. Because yeah. I saw back in the '90s when there was tape trading, I saw a lot of Gigi stuff with like the Turkey Baster and you know all that. I'm sure you've seen it all before too. Because once again, I think this might have even been. Did he die in '95, '94, '93, '93? Same okay. year I was born. Yeah. So this was right after he died then. But um, his his goal was to to kill himself on stage. But yeah. He never never made it. Yeah. He was always in prison. The Murder Junkies were supposed to his band. With, yeah. With his brother, they were supposed to play at my wedding. Okay, I thought it was sick, dude. You'll love this. So you know, my band Fozzy, we've probably played, I don't know, two thousand gigs, and the 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 worst gig I can pin. Chris, what was the worst gig Fozzy ever played? Savannah, Georgia, two thousand and five, when we were opening for Merle and the Murder Junkies. <laughs> oh my god, Merle I, Allen and the Murder Junkies. I've never heard that. Sorry. The worst billing ever. I don't know how we ended up on the same bill. That's a random ass. It was him. terrible. The fifties punks just staring at us and it was just oh it was, <laughs> was remember, dino naked uh, I, well the thing is we left before they went on oh. like, we were like let's get the hell out of here i remember <laughs> there was one guy just standing there and i just said i i i, I realized these guys won't they don't want to hear us they don't i tried to start a f- chant that didn't work so then i just went in the crowd i just went to people's faces i said they want punk rock i'll give you punk rock and no one was really doing anything and i went to one guy i said you better you better move he's just standing there you better move he's just standing <laughs> so i push him in the shoulder he starts spinning around. I realize he's got a full-length cast on his leg and a crutch. <laughs> and he's like, whoa, whoa, boom. And I was like, thank you, good night. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's funny. That's random. So, yeah, crazy stuff, man. Last couple questions for you. So uh, now that we're here in AEW, uh, who are you looking forward to, to working with? Is there other people that you I mean, obviously had some great stuff with Cody. We had a good one. Who else do you see that you're having some good matches with? Shit, I want to like get in there with Pac. And Omega, mm, mm. just like people that like I know, like physically are just gonna like you know like I just re- like when they're like um, you can t- tell that they're like such disciplined athletes, right? Like I'm just like that's you know I want to get in there with that's that. That's what you and, want, yeah. yeah. So it's just anybody like that, you know, kind of. Gotcha. So and uh, what's your favorite match that you ever had? Shit, ever? Is there a few that stand out for you? Oh, uh, I don't know. I'd probably say like either our match, just because um, oh, cool. that was a big that was a big thing because it was like week three and it was like for the championship and it's like a lot of faith, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? That match or the, just like the the Cody match that I had maybe either like last week or the first one. That was I, great. Yeah, I can't. So yeah, yeah, one of those kind of anyone that like okay here take the ball, it's up to you. Like you know, and then being able to like follow through on it, you know, mm-hmm. and showing people that you belong in these spots as opposed to be like, ah, oh, shit, they're just putting him in there. And he, right, he's right, clear right. as day, not ready for this. Right. Right. So, yeah. that's the word. Get, get, getting the position is one, but actually showing that you not deserve it, but show that you belong. Yeah. Definitely. You know, and, yeah. and making some, some inroads. And like I said, the amount of fans that you've gained just in the last three or four months has been great. Yeah. It's crazy. Who's your favorite, uh, favorite band of all time? Uh, probably crass. 
crass. If you're familiar with it. The A's got the uh, yeah. Anarchy logo. I'm yeah. not a punk aficionado, but I know most of the bands just yeah. over the years. It's very, very... 80s metal especially was very in tune with punk, especially thrash. Yeah, definitely. Was a big thrash guy. So, of course, you hear about the Crumbs and about the Crumb Suckers and uh, DRI. There was a great band from Canada called Daglo Abortions, which was just a total... That style of band. Yeah, I love all... Any anarcho-punk... Or any just like you know like Turbo Negro, ah, you familiar with them? They're sick. Yeah. You know they're like any just like random bands like that. They're just nice. And who's the greatest skateboarder of all time? Jeff Raleigh. Oh, okay. I'd say so. Yeah. Because most people go with Tony, but that's just because he's no, got the mainstream, right? The, yeah. The thing is, like Jeff's like willing to die on a skateboard, <laughs> and you can tell like he he does some crazy shit. Whereas like if he didn't make that, he would be dead. Right. 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 So it's, uh, you know him or Dustin Dolan. Yeah, they're just crazy. Well, dude, it's been uh, great talking to you. And like I said, a big fan of yours and uh, love. Uh, maybe you can make me a jacket one day. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> just finger paint. Man. Yeah. Thanks, dude. <laughs>